Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horneman, aka The Thyroid Fixer. Also, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone, and health-related in order to empower, educate, and transform you. Remember, I fix your thyroid, I fix your hormones, I fix your life. So let's get started. I think it's really important that we dive into ferritin and its relationship to hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's because it doesn't get enough love and attention. And I think we all tend to overlook its importance, even in terms of our symptoms. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. Did you know that low ferritin levels actually mimic the same symptoms that you experience with low thyroid function? And it's kind of really eye-opening when you start going down this list, because even when I dive into ferritin and the studies and go a little bit deeper, I'm uncovering symptoms that I had no idea we're tied to low ferritin, low iron levels. And that means you probably didn't know this either. So let's shed some light on it. So the weakness of fatigue, we kind of know and associate with low ferritin levels. You know how when a woman is on her cycle, you tend to get that loss of iron through loss of blood. And then you just, you're, you're more tired. You just are. You, you have difficulty concentrating, you get a little bit crabby, you're more tired. What I didn't know is that weight gain is actually tied to low ferritin levels, brittle nails, headaches, restless leg, poor short-term memory, and that brain fog that we associate with thyroid, dizziness, pounding in the ears, cold hands and feet, again, associated with hypothyroidism. And these are just the low ferritin symptoms that can occur with or without hypothyroidism. Sure, you can have two compounding issues. Many, many, many hypothyroid patients have low ferritin levels and we have to address both. But some of you might not have a thyroid problem whatsoever and you're still dealing with these symptoms and it all comes down to low ferritin. So we can really see that that big time overlap with low ferritin levels. And how we test ferritin is a blood test. So normally what you'll see is your doc will do total iron, TIBC, percent saturation, 
Ferritin is your iron storage. And, and a lot of times you have to be really specific and ask for this test or also it will be left off of an iron panel. So you really want to make sure that you specifically ask, not just for an iron panel, you want to ask for an iron panel with ferritin. So the first issue with iron is that iron deficiency can be really, it can actually be severe, but even when we look at the blood markers, when we look at hemoglobin, when we look at the red blood cell count, those might all be normal. Even the total iron, the percent SAD, the TIBC, those can all be normal, but the ferritin levels could be low. And then of course, just like many of you are left misdiagnosed with hypothyroidism, you're going to be misdiagnosed and just basically dismissed, not even recognized that you do have low ferritin. So what causes low ferritin, first of all? So we know that heavy menstrual bleeding, those of you who have PMS, PCOS, you might just have a history of heavy cycles, that alone can drop your ferritin levels. And that can also result later in life or even earlier in life, I see this in 20s and 30s with that imbalance of estrogen to progesterone. Pregnancy surgeries, gastritis, and acid medication. So all of you on PPIs, taking them left and right for that heartburn that you're dealing with, that can drop your ferritin levels. Celiac disease, which often accompanies Hashimoto's because it is an autoimmune condition, that can drop your ferritin levels, gut problems, malabsorption of nutrients. That can cause low ferritin. A high-level athlete or, worst case, a vegan or vegetarian because you vegans and vegetarians simply don't get enough animal-based protein that contains iron. And then this leads to that excessive loss of iron, poor absorption, dropping those ferritin levels. When you're looking at your ferritin test, if it goes below 30, that is insanely low. And that is going to, we're going to get into this, that's going to actually start impairing your thyroid function and T4 to T3 conversion. So below 30, my God, you're getting flagged and maybe, maybe your doctor will actually say something here. But again, just like we talk about testosterone, just like we talk about thyroid standard lab value ranges, you really have to be below 30. You have to be coming in at like a 10 or a 20 to actually get flagged high. And even then you still might be ignored. You still might be ignored by your doctor. So let's say your ferritin level comes in around 50 to 100. So I have been saying for a very long time that optimal ferritin is 60 to 80. However, some studies and some functional docs are actually saying that above 100 should be the goal with those with hypothyroidism. So there's a doctor out of Finland and he's done multiple studies on ferritin levels and hypothyroidism and he believes that it should be above 100. And any kind of iron therapy, whether you're taking over-the-counter iron, perhaps, you know, a, a ferrous bisglycinate, that should be continued until those hypothyroid symptoms are resolved or till that ferritin level crests 100. 
And we really just have to be checking this and checking this and checking this to make sure we don't want your ferritin going sky high. If it's going closer to 200, if it's really super high, and of course, depending on that standard lab value range, because that changes from lab to lab. If you're getting flagged high with ferritin, that can be indicative of a deeper issue, sometimes related to cancer, sometimes just related to overall inflammation in the body. We definitely want to address that. But 60 to 80, maybe even over 100, when we're starting to look at these studies, for those with hypothyroidism, should be our target for our ferritin levels. Restless leg. I just had this last night. I'm laying in bed. Oh, my legs are all crampy. I went downstairs. I popped a couple of my quad mags, a couple extra. But here's the thing. It can even be restless leg can occur, of course, from dehydration, of course, from mineral deficiency, of course, from a magnesium deficiency, but also from a ferritin less than 35. That can cause restless leg. And I mean, how many of us? have that at night that wakes us up, especially those with Hashimoto's disease. So Hashi peeps, you need to at least, I mean, at least bottom of the barrel be at 60. I I think actually after diving into the research, I'm going to move my optimal range. Just like after I talked to Anthony J who wrote Esther Generation, and we had a fantastic discussion on the podcast where I interviewed him, and he said he likes his women to have their total testosterone above a 50, and then I was like, you know what? I'm changing mine. I used to be 40 as the cutoff. Now I'm making 50 my cutoff. Same thing. The more I dive into the research, I am changing my optimal lab value ranges And I encourage all of the thyroid groups out there, tau stop the thyroid madness. I'm not sure where you guys have your ferritin levels, but let me tell you, dive deeper into the research, peeps, because I think we have to have that bottom of the barrel, that bottom, bottom number be at 80. Because hypothyroid Hashimoto patients really start to feel worse when their ferritin drops below an 80 And that's where we start to see all of those symptoms that I listed in the beginning. Hair loss that we just talked about on my podcast with Faraz Khan, hair loss starts to occur when your ferritin is below a 50. So those of you who are still struggling with hair loss, look at your ferritin levels. If your thyroid's on point, if your estradiol's on point, if your testosterone's on point, if you're taking zinc, for your hair, if you're doing all the things and you're still experiencing hair loss, look at that ferritin level and see if it's below a 50 because that's where we start to see additional hair loss. So we want that above an 80, possibly let's go 80 to 120 because if this study from the doctor in Finland, by the way, his name is Dr. Essa Sopi of the Ira Hospital in Helsinki, Finland, in case you want to look this up. He's saying above 100. So let's let's have that bottom of the barrel cut off at 80. Let's push it over 100 if we can, because I think we'll really start to see benefits and a reduction of symptoms if we can get it up that high. So like I said, there's, there's definitely a tie-in to 
the ability of the thyroid gland to produce T4 and T3 when ferritin levels are low. So we actually see a reduction of the production of T4 and T3 thyroid hormones. And then we see a reduction, and this is a big cause. I always list this as a cause of elevated reverse T3. This is a huge cause of impairment of T4 to T3 conversion. So if you're not converting properly and you just can't figure out why, and maybe maybe your reverse T3 doesn't even climb above a 12. And again, per- perhaps you're more like myself who gets the hypothyroid symptoms when you add in T4 prior to actually seeing that reverse T3 climb. You might just start experiencing those symptoms. Could be low ferritin. And listen, full disclosure, I haven't had my ferritin levels tested in a while. And after diving into this research, I am going to, because of the hair breakage that I discussed with Faraz that I've been experiencing, and just in general, because of my inability to convert T4 to T3. Now, I've been T3 only for so long. Does that mean that if my ferritin is rolling in at a 60 and I push it to 100, that I'm all of a sudden going to add in T4? No, not necessarily. But if you are on T4 and T3, and I have a couple of patients like this, that they are on T4 just a little bit. We got them on T3 for sure. but It's almost like they're experiencing that lack of conversion, even though the reverse T3 is an eight, is a nine. And again, this is where it comes down to looking at you as a patient. How do you feel? Looking at that big picture, that's important. So we have to take that whole picture and put it together and say, you know, even though your reverse T3 tells us that you're converting, Maybe we should look deeper and see if ferritin is preventing that conversion. And that's why we are experiencing all of those symptoms. Here's a couple others too that are popping up. Difficulty breathing, heart palpitations, and arrhythmias. How many of you lately have said, well, I just went up in my T3 and now I'm getting these heart palpitations. Now there's a part of that that Weston Childs and I discussed when we had our podcast together, that some heart palpitations are a little bit normal. When you add in T3, you may feel like your heart is increasing. You may get a little bit of a flutter. It's that fine line of of defining the difference between, hey, you have a problem. You're in AFib, you're in tachycardia, you have elevated heart rate. You're sitting here and your heart rate is a 140. It's like you're running a marathon versus oh my gosh, I feel like my heart rate's increasing a little bit. What are you? 90. Okay, yeah, well, you just came up from the basement where you were hypo low and slow and now your heart rate's normal. A little bit of flutter, okay. But if you're getting those heart palpitations, if you're getting arrhythmias, if you're getting difficulty breathing, difficulty swallowing, a lump in your throat, those can be related to low ferritin. Very, very interesting. Incredibly interesting. So we need the ferritin levels to be optimal, not only to produce T4 and T3, but also to convert T4 to T3. And one more thing, iron is required for the utilization of T3 inside the cell. 
Now it's it's very, I want to say rare, moderately rare that I will have a patient on a decent amount of T3. Like we we really have it, we got it in there. You know, you're on almost close to what I'm on, 150, 100, 125, 75 micrograms of T3. And it just doesn't seem to be doing the job. And that's odd because that's enough T3 to really run the show. So when that happens, we have to say, is there an issue with the utilization of the T3 that we're giving you inside the cell? So then we have to go back to low ferritin and really get that up. Now, sometimes you'll hear the argument, and I see this in a lot of thyroid groups, that and and even some thyroid practitioners that will say, well, we don't want to give you T3 until your ferritin level is up. But in fact, when you really start to look at the literature, it's the opposite. If you give thyroid hormone, that actually helps with any kind of iron treatment. Now, you want to take any kind of iron supplementation four hours away from thyroid medication. But we don't want to withhold thyroid treatment and just work on the ferritin. We want to do both at the same time because they're going to help each other. The thyroid hormone therapy will help raise the ferritin levels as you are actually addressing the ferritin levels with something like a ferrochill iron. And I'm not sure when this is going to come out, hopefully coinciding with about the same time that I am releasing Iron Fixer which is ferrous bisglycinate to help all y'all with low ferritin levels. But you want to take that away from your thyroid medication by four hours. But you still have to do both at the same time. You can't do one without the other. We can't just treat your ferritin, treat your ferritin, treat your ferritin, leave you in this hypo state with no thyroid hormone. But at the same time, we can't just treat you with thyroid hormone and leave you with low ferritin because we already see that problem. You're going to still be experiencing symptoms. You're going to come back to me and say, I need more thyroid hormone. Do you? Or do you need more ferritin? Because those symptoms are overlapping. They're mimicking each other and they're affecting each other at the same time. That low ferritin is affecting that T4 to T3 conversion and it's affecting how the T3 actually gets into the cell to do its job. It's almost devastating. Like the the low iron, we can't do any production, conversion, utilization. My God, we need iron. We need our ferritin levels to be optimal. Now, like I said earlier, low ferritin can increase the production of reverse T3 because it's a stressor. Remember anything that increases reverse T3 It's our body's protective survival mechanism in place. We want the ability to produce reverse T3 because again, if you are lying in a hospital bed, let's say you are bleeding out, right? Let's say you had a major trauma, a major accident, gunshot wound. I don't know. You're you're in the ICU in the ER. You do not need to be burning fat. You do not need to have energy to run a marathon or go to work. You do not need to be growing your hair. That reverse T3 will shut down that entire process. So if your ferritin levels drop, obviously reverse T3 is going to go up. And that low ferritin that puts our body in this, 
panic states. Because without ferritin, we can't convert our hormone. We can't use our T3. We can't think. We can't lose weight. Our, our brains don't work. Migraines increase. Joint pain increases. Of course, reverse T3 is going to go up when we're in that kind of, we'll call it a mini trauma, because I know you're not laying in the hospital bed right now with low ferritin. We'll call it a mini trauma that those reverse T3 levels will go up. And then we have additional issues with T3 even getting into the cell. So the low ferritin is preventing the T3 from doing its work in the cell. And then if we have reverse T3, well, the T3 can't even get into the cell. So that's an issue. That's an issue in and of itself. I've talked about the importance of iodine. Turns out that low ferritin levels have been linked to the formation of goiter and it decreases the effectiveness of iodine supplementation. We know that iodine deficiency leads to goiter. Iodine deficiency reduces T4 to T3 conversion. Iodine deficiency increases reverse T3. So now we have one other factor coming into play. You can really see this big picture with low ferritin levels that low ferritin can actually impair iodine conversion or iodine utilization, which you absolutely need. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, like I said earlier, we do both. We use the thyroid hormone replacement to get you optimized. We still go by numbers and we go by your symptoms in order to determine what level, what dose, what type of thyroid hormone we're going to use. Then over here, if you have low ferritin, we use supplementation. Some of you may need an iron infusion. It's very rare that I see someone require an iron infusion. But if you do, you do. And usually that is the result. If you're not utilizing iron, if your ferritin levels are not going up with proper supplementation, that includes taking your iron with vitamin C for better absorption. If those levels are not going up, let's look a little bit deeper. Let's look at celiac. Let's look at your gut. Let's look at absorption issues, dysbiosis, see if anything is getting in the way of that iron actually being used by your body. And then we move on to iron infusions if necessary. We also want to check your liver health. Because too little thyroid hormone can lower ferritin levels. And then your thyroid hormone is required for the proper utilization of iron in the liver. So it's all tied together with the liver. So sometimes you want to add in liver fixer or some kind of liver support in order to make sure. And again, I've done a podcast on the importance of the liver. You got to love your liver for your metabolism, for T4 to T3 conversion, for processing of all pesticides, chemicals, the whole deal. We got to love the liver. But we want to make sure that our liver is healthy, our ferritin levels are good, addressing thyroid hormone, addressing the gut if necessary, if absorption, utilization, and absorption are dwindling or not quite working as they should. We have to, have to address the ferritin levels. Now, everything that I said to you, did you know all that? If you knew all that, kudos, kudos to you. Because when I dove into the literature, some of this was new to me. 
Some of this was eye-opening to me. This actually takes my importance of ferritin levels to a whole nother level for treating my patients. So I hope this helps you and allows you to look a little bit differently at your symptoms and at your overall health picture. Because again, listen, you know, I am all about, I am all about treating with thyroid hormone. I never bullshit you and promise you that we are going to reverse your Hashimoto's by healing your gut, reverse your Hashimoto's by just sprinkling some adrenal fairy dust on you. We need to use thyroid hormone replacement therapy where necessary because if your thyroid gland is not producing T4 and T3 properly in the proper amounts, and if it is because of Hashimoto's where your thyroid gland has been destroyed slowly over time, if you are loaded down with symptoms, I am not going to make you suffer for an additional six months to a year when you've already been suffering for 10 to 20 years. And say, well, let's just, like, let's focus on your ferritin levels now. And you don't need that thyroid hormone. No, we have to do it all. Now, as we're addressing everything, maybe we have to adjust your thyroid hormone treatment to lower that dose. It's very, very rare that you will get off of thyroid hormone replacement therapy just by throwing in some ferritin. But it's definitely going to address a lot of those symptoms that overlap with hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. And it's going to take you and your health to a whole nother level. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I hope you loved it. And as always, if you would be so kind to leave a review, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely amazing. I read all of them. Also, anything that you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition. So we always recommend that you check with your medical provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner before implementing anything that you hear on this podcast. And if you want to find out more about working together, you can click the link below in the show notes to book a discovery call. And there you'll be talking to a member of my team. They are an extension of me. They are amazing. And you and I will talk after that once we get you all signed up and you and I get to work together. All right. I hope to see you soon.